Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. My guest today has such a fascinating story from an immigrant growing up in Bombay to a lawyer, then a mom, and now an award-winning screenwriter and stand-up comedian. Through her work, she has successfully highlighted her journey in America from an immigrant's perspective by combining compelling storytelling with humor. Zarna Gog, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor and a pleasure. Of course. So you were born and raised in India and you moved to the States when you were 16. I I really want to know what were your views of America before coming here and did it exceed your expectations? Did it live up to them or were you surprised by anything that you discovered and it, maybe it wasn't what you expected when you finally arrived? I love this question. Thank you for asking. Uh, you know, I think when you're uh, outside America looking in, everything is a lot more fun. Yeah. Everything seems shiny and like it seems like a candy store that you're dying to get into. And, um, you know, I make a lot of jokes about that, of course, because I remember the days when I couldn't wait to figure out how I was going to get here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the just the fact that a shower in America doesn't stop until people stop it themselves. <laughs> just that alone for somebody who deals with that struggle. Yeah, it was a big thing, you know. Um, so I would say, listen, there's no place like America. There, are there problems? Is it perfect? It's not perfect, but it's coming pretty close for many of us. Yeah, yeah. For many of us who left very difficult circumstances back home, there's just there is no other place that would have welcomed us the way America did. And even yeah. this is like after all the last few years and all the heat that America has taken and the heat that American people put on themselves, which I'm always fascinated by, like the level of, um, you know, self-criticism that mm-hmm. goes on here, like mm-hmm. no other country, like if you went to India, they wouldn't care what you think. I'm being mm-hmm. honest. They would be like, whatever, you don't like it, leave. They yeah. would just say that. But you can't <laughs> say that here. And I've right. been here long enough. Yeah. That I know the other side of it. And I just am fascinated by how hard people work here to actually integrate immigrants in my experience. Yeah. I can speak to my experience. Yeah. So when you moved here, though, culturally, what was the hardest thing to assimilate to? It's lonely. The mm. loneliness. Like mm. the li- life is amazing. I got the educate. The whole reason I moved here was so I could study in peace like without people trying to marry me off and all of that that goes on back home. But it's very, very lonely. I find life in America, even to this day, lonely because the sense of community living doesn't exist here. Like everything is like, what are you doing two Fridays from now at 2 p.m.? Like it's not how I was raised. Where we grew up, you just walked into your neighbor's house and you ate whatever they were cooking. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so that aspect of life, I miss and has taken some getting used to mm-hmm. and especially as a mother like I have three kids to to be doing that whole job by yourself I mean that's why I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years I couldn't figure out how to work and do that like right. I, I couldn't people seem to be able to figure it out but I just couldn't figure it out yeah that's so interesting and I, I have to kind of piggyback off of that sense of community because I know whenever I've traveled 
I've felt that difference. But even just like, for example, mealtimes, right? When I've gone to Europe or other countries, mealtimes are an experience. And yeah. here in America, it's very rushed. Everything's so quick. Well, it's very practical. Like eat, yeah. eat, eat. Because there's always something else waiting to happen. And by yeah. the way, I don't mean this as a criticism at all. It's just, it's just it's observation. Yeah. It's just how it is. Yeah. Like there are many issues with that life too, where like literally mealtime could go on for nine hours. I mean, that's not helping anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there is more of a sense of urgency. I feel like you said in here in, in the States, for some reason, they're always moving on to the next thing. And there's never a moment to take time and just sit and be, which it seems like in other countries and other cultures that that time is really coveted, so to speak. Right. And and people enjoy it. They don't yeah. feel guilty. Here you feel guilty. If you take a long lunch, you might be like, oh my God, I have nothing to do today. Yeah. And it's almost like there's something wrong with that. Yeah. That's so interesting. So since you have been here for a while, are there parts of your culture that you made sure to keep intact and keep in your home life and keep in your family, despite being in America and, you know, exposed to more American traditions and culture? Listen, of course, I believe in child labor, first of all. Let me just very clearly state that I put all my kids to work all the time. <laughs> Once I gave birth and I saw how much work it was to raise kids, I was like, oh, they had a point. They, they got it right. <laughs> you're not watching any more TV. You're going to be working. Uh, I, I love that. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's some stuff that I, you know, that it's just a part of who we I am and now my family is is intact like we do work my kids come to almost one of my kids is with me at all my shows because mm. they do all my media they take photo I mean they all have phones so I'm like yeah. why why am I hiring a photographer for you can do this <laughs> but it's it's a sense but, it, it, but in a bigger picture it's a sense of them watching what their mom is doing and knowing that nothing comes easily and being a part of the whole process rather than just watch me leave the house, you know, glammed up. I, I do shows for a living. So I look glam when I leave. If they didn't see the behind the scenes, they would have no idea what, what you do when right. you're out there. Right. They would just think mom's job is getting a blow dry. You know, so I believe in integrating and, and that's a very community based thing. Like in back home, you would drag your kids around wherever and it wasn't yeah. about are they having fun like ha them having fun is the least of my worries like let me yeah. just put that out there <laughs> it's fine if they get bored it's not the end of the world like you know like i'm paid. putting the food on the table so you guys have to work too <laughs> no and you know what the boredom helps i believe that like i believe that it's good for the kids to just sit around and wonder and look at the world and and be amazed at all the good things and bad things. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, that's something that I, I really believe in. I, I, I've stuck to, uh, to the nth degree. I wish my mother-in-law didn't believe in that so much because she tries to tag along wherever we go. <laughs> I wish I could shake her off a little bit. <laughs> but that's a part of, you know, our life. Like, yeah. I married her son and she's my, you know, she's a big part of yeah. my extended family. Well, she probably supports what you do as well. So oh, that's 100%. wonderful. That's 100%. wonderful. I mean, although, like, I'll tell you, the woman couldn't speak a word of English until last year. And then she saw that I was doing jokes about her and whatever. And like this year, she's like, I got an agent. <laughs> 
she's like it's my jokes that are doing well so it's like i'm gonna get a cut like the woman couldn't like, like the you reason would, you're making money <laughs> you would you would think that she's like oh this sweet little grandma oh my god that went away like in a hot minute Oh, I love that. I, your family dynamic just sounds so much fun. It sounds amazing. I do want to go back a little bit to talk about for people that maybe have never been to India or don't know anything about the culture. What was your childhood like growing up in Bombay? So I'm one of the lucky ones. I grew up in affluence in Bombay. I didn't exactly grow up in poverty, which is usually what people associate India and Bombay with. Yeah. I grew up in affluence. I I I went to a good school. I you know, I I did all the things that kids here probably do. You know, we had a lot of art and music and you know, stuff in our house, but but the family was so rooted in tradition that you know, as soon as I hit 14, 15, it was like, okay, she has to get married now and in my case, my mom actually passed suddenly. Yeah. And the next day, my dad's like, "Okay, we're done. I'm done parenting. It's time for you to go." So that was a big change. Wow. But and for me, because I was ex- believe it or not, I was exposed to a lot of American pop culture. Mm. Like you could get bootleg copies of every sitcom, TV show that was going on here. I remember like uh, Cheers and uh, and Mary Tyler Moore and Laverne mm. and Sh- like I watched Three's Company. It was like we got every episode. Like you had to wait in line and like get the physical copy, you know, the cassettes. And like, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. was that kid. I waited yeah. for the new Archie's comics to drop. So I was so heavily influenced by pop culture mm-hmm. that uh, you know I was in India, but like my brain was always like, oh my god, look at all the fun things they do out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you said you had lost your mom at a very young age, and following that, you had to. make the decision whether to take part in arranged marriage or leave and you decided to leave yeah. how hard was that decision for you and how difficult was your journey getting to the states uh it was not hard at all for all bad reasons <laughs> <laughs> i as like a typical 15 year old i hadn't thought it through mm. when i made the decision i really thought leaving would mean i'll have a pajama party with my best friend for a few years until i'm ready to do something else with my life right right and then when the reality of that situation started unfolding like after two days when one kid's mom said you got to go home and another kid's mom said you got to go home that's when like the reality hit mm. but by then i had already dug in my heels once So I was like found myself like too late to backtrack yeah. almost and I really didn't want to get married. I mean be honest like back home actually there are girls who don't mind getting married at that age. Yeah. That is also because culturally if that's all you know and you've seen people around you happy and living that life you may not resist. It. I was just completely resistant to it. like I didn't even want to hear about it. So yeah. then the journey to like how to you know find a way out and it was very very complicated very uh, you know like look coming to america is not easy and not easy from india at all luckily i had a sister living here but you know i it was a lot of lot of creative maneuvering and reaching out to you know everybody i could in america to beg for a visa plead whatever it took yeah how long did the process take for you to finally get accepted to come here So I was couch surfing for about two years. 
two years like, about a year and like just under two years like a year and a half wow wow because yeah, it's I a don't... process like and back oh, for then sure. think think 30 years ago there's no there's no cell phones there's no fax machines like even just the process of applying for something and then like it going through the process like that's just three four months minimum yeah so yeah it was a long wow. time that had to be I don't even know the right word to describe it because I mean I know friends that have gone through that process and it just takes forever I don't think people really have kind of context for how difficult it is and that if you're going through that like you really are leaving a situation that you don't want to be in anymore that you just you're terrified of yeah and and even when you leave like let's just to give you a fuller picture when you get the visa right you get a stamp in your passport in your home country your heart is beating until you come to the border here and they stamp mm. you and actually let you cross over because we've all back home heard stories of like oh when you get to the border in the visa itself says the visa does not guarantee entry the visa oh, wow. brings you to the border where they will then decide whether to let you in or not mm. so that journey is like your heart is like pounding like you can't believe because you don't even know where you'll go if they right. say no right. at the border like where wow. are you going to go you, you probably know one person in all of america if you're lucky yeah there's just no guarantee so, whatsoever there's no guarantee and and it's a, it's a journey and it, that's yeah. why you know sometimes i really dig into the whole i'm an immigrant thing because if you have not undertaken that journey yourself you really don't know what mm-hmm. it is you don't understand yeah. the fear that you live with you don't understand you know the the just the sheer amount of work involved the amount of paperwork they ask it's not like you just show up that's not how it works yeah how different do you think your life would have been had you not chosen to leave oh my god can i can i be honest right now yes please there are days when i'm like what was i thinking what i should have just gotten a range it would have been so much really? easier than for really? then building my life with the man <laughs> i love and then uh, arrange is very simple you have to take care of the guy's mother that's it you keep her happy everybody is happy i was here i got to keep him happy then his mother is still in the picture anyway which no one told me about and you know, <laughs> there are days when i'm like ah. Oh man. You know the whole point so of funny. an arranged system is that they marry the girls into a secure financial situation. Mm. You know, you marry an, a little older man and that person is somewhat financially stable and mm-hmm. that's the logic. Love as we all know in America it's like it's like a whole tumbling weed situation you have no yes. idea what's yes. happening. Right. Right. <laughs> and that is much closer to my reality today. <laughs> So no I I mean I'm, that's all jokes aside. Yeah, I, of course. I'm grateful for my life and and it would it have been different it would have been very different and I I tell you right now one thing that would have never happened is that I would have been a comedian or a, or a screenwriter. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. There's no one doing what I do back home. No wow. one. No married women, no one with kids, no one uh publicly talking about their culture religion absolutely not i'm actually scared i live in fear that when i go to india i'm going to face some sort of repercussions for what really yeah so culturally what is the expectation of married women with children it's just to take care of 
the, the mother-in-law self-sacrifice mm. the mother-in-law the kids the husband everything for the greater good that is the downside of community living yeah. the minute you say i'm doing this for me you're like the selfish american even because wow. people associate self-care and self-love with america Mm-hmm. So the woman of min of the minute a woman says that who's a mother or whatever that I don't feel like cooking today it's like oh yourself look at you wow. you know you could be dying but you're expected to play that role and and be getting on stage and openly criticizing it is like a literally unheard of huh. wow so it's a, it's a you bold move jailed. for you yeah i mean here it kind of just happened like i yeah. it's not like i was looking to make a bo- like the comedy is such a such an unbelievable journey in my life mm-hmm. like i didn't when i did my first open mic i really thought three four friends would come we would have fun and that would be the end of it yeah you know i mean the journey it just kind of took so rapidly and right. i would even i had not and then the 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 digital journey like when i put a joke up on tiktok it never occurred to me that millions of people would watch it yeah yeah you know yeah. i you know you have an account like 10 people follow it you're like okay you know you're sharing it like it doesn't and even though psychologically you know oh it could go anywhere like nothing ever i did went anywhere right. so why would right. this right yeah. right so and i want to i want to talk a little bit about your your comedy journey in just a second but one question i do have because arranged marriages aren't something that is culturally a part of america right but we do have you know shows like married at first sight which yes. are kind of a modern day take on that so what are your views on reality television shows kind of taking on that kind of the arranged marriage way of life Listen, I think there's a lot of curiosity about arranged marriages in America. Like mm-hmm. I get asked all the time about it. I'm sure people talk about like especially when you're having like a hard time in a regular dating situation, which is all of us. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody yeah. for whom dating has gone smoothly. You know right. what I mean? Right. With all the bumps that you go through in this situation, I'm sure everybody's had a moment of like why didn't I just get arranged? Yeah. So yeah. I think there is curiosity about it and these reality shows are basically catering to that curiosity. That curiosity. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and then they kind of neatly tie it in this whole happily ever after packaging that we all love. Right. To course. root for. Of you know, course. we all want to see a couple go through their ups and downs but then end up very happily. And being it's, happy it's and in love. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It it gives us hope. For sure. <laughs> Have you ever watched so, that show? I haven't watched that particular one, but I watched The Bachelor, Bachelor yeah. Dad. I mean, part of it, it's like I sit there and I go, "What is happening?" I mean, the guy just said to three different girls, "You're the only one." For, but you know what? I mean, honestly, I could think of arranged situations where, like, my dad would have, had I been a part of it, would have gone to three different guys and been like, "Oh, she's the right one for you." Right. Only for right. you, you know. There's right. a lot of horse trading that goes on there right. too. To be really, no one puts it on blast the way they yeah. do here. Yeah. That's the thing. The thing about America is that people just do it and they're not apologetic about it. Right. And right. I, I like it too. I appreciate it as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that freedom. 
Yeah. But it goes on back home too, in For some sure. different way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your comedy career because I've watched several of your videos. I love your jokes. I love your timing and I love what you talk about. So what was your first exposure to comedy? And when did you realize, you know what, I can do this too? Uh, so I grew up uh, watching all the greats who have sitcoms. Like American sitcoms were a staple of my life back mm-hmm. home. And I'm very fortunate that I could have access to yeah. it. It was not legal access, I'll be honest, because at the time it was like all bootleg copies yeah, selling on right. the streets. But we did get to see Seinfeld, Ray Romano, um, Roseanne even. I remember when she was doing... Um, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be doing that. Mm. ever but my daughter you know she's now 18 starting college soon uh so two years ago she saw me really struggle i had written a screenplay that won uh, you know top comedy feature yeah. award at austin and i was struggling i was like i don't even know if it's actually funny to anybody not me because when you're writing a screenplay you're with your computer or whatever book alone yeah you think it's funny but i don't know anybody else thinks it's funny and I was also struggling with trying to figure out what to do next. Like the writing of the story really took a lot out of me. I, I mean, I'm a self-taught screenwriter. So to learn how to do it, then to actually do it, go through all those memories. And I was really struggling. And my daughter, who's all American, was like, why don't you just do comedy? Why don't you just do these jokes and see if they land? And I was yeah. like, what? No. And she then took on this whole project, uh, you know, reaching out to all my friends about their favorite memory of me, knowing that almost everybody will say something about your mom is funny. Yeah. And then, you know, that that became the the motivation to actually give it a shot when she was, you know, like a hundred something people are saying you made them laugh. Maybe there's something there, you know, and um, yeah. I told her, I said, I'll go to an open mic. If she promises me, she's never going to be an artist. (laughs) She has to do the math. I go, I don't want you getting this idea that somehow this is okay for you. (laughs) Because as a mother, that was my bigger worry is that my own kids are going to be like, oh, okay, we're going to be artists now. Start strumming the guitar. No, do the math first, please. (laughs) So you did the open mic and then it just spiraled from there. You know, the open mic, like that's again, it's such an American thing. Like I went down there and I'm like, what's everybody doing here? And people are just getting up on stage and like essentially to my very naive years, ranting. They're ranting about something, something that they upset. (laughs) To my untrained years back then, I thought, okay, so you just kind of get up there and just complain about whatever's on your mind. and And I remember I got up there and I was like, white people do this? Like, it never occurred to me that you could just do this, like publicly get on stage and be yeah. like, you know what my boss said to me? Yeah. <laughs> Which is essentially what stand-up comedy is. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, that's what it looked like in an informal setting with, with yeah. no knowledge of what it takes, right? So then the, the woman who ran the mic said, you go up there and say whatever. So I just like let loose about my mother-in-law and my husband and whatever came to my mind. And people had so much fun with it. Oh. And so it was the first time I was like, they actually want to hear this stuff? What? Yeah. yeah. You know? And I got off and people had a hundred questions and they're like, do more, do more. You know, uh, it was the first time it occurred to me that I may have a story that, yeah. you know, somebody may want to hear. It's those personal stories that I think connect people. 
you know, because even though you're making light of certain situations and have those jokes, people like are into that storytelling. That's what I love the most about stand-up comedy is really that storytelling. And then you get that joke at the end. So, and that's what I've definitely appreciated about what I've watched of you as well. So you have two shows called My American Dream and Sorry Not Sorry. Can you, and they detail your experience of being an immigrant in America. So what are you hoping when people see these shows that they take away from hearing your story? I'm hoping that they feel like they were transported, first of all, during the time that they were with me. They were transported, they saw a piece of India, a real authentic India through my eyes. Mm. And I'm hoping, honestly, I'm hoping that if you're an American person in my audience, that I made you feel better about you. Mm. There's been so much self-hate in the last few years. We didn't do this and we did this wrong and that wrong. And then we're not doing this right by the immigrants here. And and that's all true. I'm not minimizing anybody's pain. Right. But there's millions of people like me who are living a better life because we are here. And and the society integrated us. And look at what I won a top comedy feature award. That's only possible in America. It's not Mm. even possible back home. Almost no woman does uh, uh, comedy screenwriting back then. Because comedy by its nature requires you to be critical and a little bit sarcastic and they don't want women doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So all that I have gotten and all the gratitude that I feel for it, I I try to pour it, shower it on my audience. Mm. But through jokes, through the humor, I, I remind them why we come here. People like me come here and what we do and how how much fun we can all have together if we just put this guilt aside. And if we put all these bad feelings aside, let's just all have fun. That is the number one. Often I tell, I have heard from people who attended my shows that they feel like they went to an Indian wedding without having to deal with annoying relatives. <laughs> and, and that is very much the vibe. Like it's very Indian, but it's very relatable. Like if, you know, I talk about stuff that, we all talk, you know what I mean? And and a right. big revelation has been how much we have in common. Mm, that was yes. the unexpected. You know, I do yeah. a joke about how I've never said I love you to my husband. And like how in America, people say I love you all the time and to everybody. Like, you know, love you, love you, love you. You emptied the dishwasher. I love you so much. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so much love. I hate it. <laughs> And you won't believe how many different people from different cultures have come up to me and said, we don't say it either. <laughs> that, it you know, is. That we was, do say I love you for the littlest things. <laughs> listen, there's something good about that too. Yes, for sure. I do love the the, the focus on on, hey, we do know what kind of the dark side of America is, but let's move forward and and try to focus on the positive. I do love that that is one of the messages that you are sharing with with your audience, because it is important to recognize what the history of the country is, but also we need to recognize how to not repeat it and how we can move together and connecting each other, which I love that you are connecting people just from different cultures and what you do. So I think that that's such a positive message that you're sharing. I'm very appreciative to you for that. No, I, I appreciate that you rec- recognize it. And it's a lot of artful writing involved so that mm-hmm. it's handled delicately because you don't want to minimize anybody's feelings and I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I want to like point point everybody towards the light. Yes. Especially yes. in the last year. Especially. Yeah. Like there's yeah. so much to be sad about. 
that that you, we could all just drown in sadness. I mean, yes. Don't we all? Like you can't even refresh the news without being terrified at this point. Yeah. But somebody's got a show, and I guess sixteen years of being a mom has taught me that. Like that's a, that's a chief mom role, right? No matter what is happening, you're always showing the kids how to look towards a better tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, being a mom with your unique journey and your story and doing now comedy, what lessons are you hoping that your story as a whole will teach your children as they grow older and discover themselves and go into their careers? I mean, I guess the, the biggest lesson that I learned for myself is that you have to be open to what the world brings you. Mm. My own journey is so unexpected and I would have never, I mean, three, until three years ago, I kept thinking, where is my math gene? Why am I not good at math? I used to still, I mean, like, I don't understand. I'm Indian. Where is it? Like, why, do, why am I the worst speller on earth? You know, because in my mind, it was like, if I'm Indian, I'm like, I didn't expect to be a basketball player because that's not what we do. Right, right. But, you know, but just being open to the idea that why don't I just try this has led to such a beautiful journey. Mm. And I want my kids after they're done getting their math degrees to be open. <laughs> I love that. After their math degrees, then you can after, <laughs> after they're married to a person I choose and they get their math degree, then they can be go ahead and be open at that point. <laughs> oh, Zarna, you are incredible. I love your energy. I love your spirit. And I, I know my listeners probably were very blessed by this conversation. Can you let them know where they can follow you, catch up on everything that you're doing? Yes, I am everywhere at Zarna Garg, Z-A-R-N-A-G-A-R-G, on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, my own website, ZarnaGarg.com. I am planning a tour all over America and we'll be releasing that schedule shortly. So I hope to see you in person and I hope yes. to meet your listeners in person because I really enjoyed this interview. Oh, and thank you. You thank are you so, so wonderful. I can't wait to see you live. That'll be very fun to attend. I already know. <laughs> yes, I'll make sure you follow Zarna. Thank you again for being on the show and to the listeners. We'll talk to you again real soon. Bye.